Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. Praise God. Hey, we're so thankful that you are here today. I'm going to be sharing the word with you this morning, and so um, I'm excited about that. Can I pray with you? And we're just going to hop right into God's word. Um, Lord, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're real. We thank you that your presence comes where your people meet. So God, we thank you, Lord, that we far surpassed the two or three gathered together. And Lord, we know that you're here in the midst. And Lord, we welcome you to come have your way in these, in these next moments as we spend time in your word. God, I pray that these won't be my words, but they'll be yours coming through me. God, I just claim the promise today that when your word goes out, it doesn't return empty, but it goes and it does what it's set out to do, which is change us at our very core. So, Lord, we invite you today. We ask you to come. We ask you to move. And we thank you so much again for your word, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I have a, a message for us this morning. And, and uh, the, the Lord gave me this idea really strongly a couple weeks ago. And, and I don't always or usually do this. I'm going to let you, let you in on a secret this morning. I, I spoke this to our youth group two weeks ago. And uh, it just impacted me because I knew it kind of like wasn't my idea. And so I want to share it with you this morning. I feel like it'll be applicable for us as, as believers and, and people at all different stages of life at the, at the precipice of a new season, of a new year. Who here is excited about 2020? Has anything good happened in 2020 so far? Yes, I'm excited too. And so uh, I think it's going to be a good year. I want to share with you a message called Spears and Poles. You can turn to your neighbor and say, spears and poles. You can just turn to your neighbor and say it to him. Now turn to your, your second favorite. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just kidding. I do that too much. Uh, who here, who here, spears and poles, spears and poles. Who here loves to wait? Does anybody get a kick out of waiting in line? <laughs> Does anybody love sitting and waiting, right? Waiting is something in the human condition that we detest. Why? Because we could be doing other things. Because waiting feels like a loss of time, doesn't it? Doesn't a moment of waiting on something to happen, waiting on somebody to call you, waiting on somebody to, to answer, waiting on waiting on waiting, it feels like it's wasting. And I just want by a show of hands, we're here today. Who here is waiting on something in your life? Is anybody waiting for something? Okay, good. I'm glad we're all in the same company that we're all, whatever situation it's in, we're waiting on something. Maybe you're waiting for God to speak to you about something. I just wrote a few things down that maybe you're waiting on. Maybe you're, you've been praying and waiting for that family member to come to know Jesus. Maybe you're waiting for some finances that you desperately need to be produced. Maybe you're waiting for a sickness that you've been praying about, that you've been asking God to help with. Maybe you, you need it to be healed, you're waiting for it. Maybe there's a door that you want to see opened in your life or in your career and you're just waiting. Maybe you're waiting for God to speak to you about a certain situation, trial, temptation, area of your life where you need God's voice to enter into your life and to speak. Maybe there's a trial that you're just waiting to end. You ever been there before where you're just praying and waiting? God, man, I cannot wait until this thing is over. You ever felt like that before? This is a trial that I cannot wait for it to end. Maybe there's a marriage, maybe your marriage, not a marriage, but maybe it's your marriage that needs to be healed, relationships that need to be restored. Maybe you're waiting. There's so many things that we can be waiting for. I just want to equate 
to you today, at the beginning of this new year, there's two different ways that you can wait. I don't want to get into that in a moment, but who here has been fishing before? Has anybody been fishing? Is anybody, let, let me ask another question. Does anybody like fishing? Okay, okay, we got some, some people who like fishing. I wasn't much, much of a fisherman growing up. We didn't do outdoor sports. We were more like uh, 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 traditional sports, right? So baseball, basketball, football. But, but, but I had some friends who loved fishing. I'll tell you a quick story about the extent of our fishing trips. My dad wanted to have some quality time with me as about an eight, eight to nine-year-old. And he said, son, let's go fishing. And so we went over to Mott's Reservoir and we showed up at noon with our bait. And I look at him and say, dad, I, think, I don't think this is the right time to be fishing. I think we're supposed to go early in the morning. That's when the fish eat. He's like, hey, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. The fish got to be hungry. Let's go. You know, you know how many fish we caught? We didn't catch any. We caught nothing. We're terrible at fishing. Let me just tell you this story. This is another funny one too. Uh, we, we, my grandmother lived in New York right on, on the Jamaica Bay, which is um, right on Long Island. And so, and so there was this, all this deep sea fishing right in front of her house. And and so uh, my dad and I hopped again into a little boat, and we're like, we're going we're gonna to try again. And, and I kid you not, we get out there in the water, and this is how neat New York seagulls do it, okay, just in case you ever go to New York and try to fish. Well, I'm not kidding. This is not a lie. One seagull would pick up the line, and the other seagull would get the bait. I'm not lying. It happened again and again. They had a system, man. If for real, they, ha they had it down. And we again caught nothing. You know the biggest fish I have ever caught is when I had no a bait on my hook. Isn't that sad? I just got so frustrated, I threw the hook in, and I caught a fish like that big. It was amazing. I was like, I've been doing it wrong all this time. I, all, I, all I needed to do was just throw the hook in. And so we're, we're not fishermen, but I know from experience that, um, that fishing takes waiting. Fishing's a waiting kind of sport. And I just want to equate to you two different types of fishing today and two different types of waiting. See, there's this fishing that we're all used to called pole fishing, where we take our bait, throw it in the water, and we wait. There's this, this other type of fishing called spear fishing where you grab a spear, you actively pursue what you're waiting for. And we're gonna get into that in a minute, but I just want to read this to you, I wrote this down. Just like fishing involves waiting, it's the same thing that what God is doing in your life. Life involves waiting. You know, why doesn't, give, why doesn't God give us the entire playbook? God is the beginning, he is the end. He's not even at the beginning, he's not even at the end. It says he's the alpha and the omega, that's who he is. He's outside of time, he's outside of space, he's seen it all, he's everywhere. Why doesn't he let it in? For those of you who've been following baseball this past couple weeks, he, he's got the center field camera on the signs of life. Why doesn't he bang on the trash can, right? Why, why, doesn't, he let, why doesn't he let us know what's gonna happen? You know why? Because I believe if God told you the, the, the end from the beginning, you'd have no need to walk in faith with him. You'd have no need to rely on him. Why? Because I know it's going to happen. But no, he chooses day by day for you to walk step in step with him. You know what that takes? That takes reliance on his presence. That takes an open ear to his voice. That takes the ability to stay close to him. He calls himself a shepherd and the shepherd takes care of his sheep. And when do the sheep get in trouble is when they begin to stray and they can no longer hear the voice of the shepherd. 
So why doesn't he tell us everything that's going to happen? It's because he asks us to trust him. And sometimes in trusting him, there's some seasons of waiting on different things. All of you admitted to me today, all of you admitted here today that you're waiting on a few things in your life. I want to read to you the dictionary definition of the word waiting. It's the action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or until something else happens. I want to read this to you today. Maybe you feel like this is where you're at in life. You've been waiting on something that you've been asking God for over and over, and you feel like you're a Proverbs 13, 12 kind of situation right now. It says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Maybe you feel like that's you today, where you feel like maybe you've hoped and hoped and waited and waited and you're waiting on God, but, but it just says hope deferred makes the heart sick. You can be living heart sick today and maybe not even realizing it. Maybe in waiting on something from God for him to bless you, for him to provide for you, him to work in this area, for him to heal, you're just waiting and waiting and hoping and hoping, you just feel like, man, I, I'm heart sick today. I just want to encourage you with two statements. Doesn't, just because you are delayed doesn't mean you're denied. I want to read that again. Just because there's a delay doesn't mean it's denial. Maybe it's not time. Maybe it's not how God wants to do it. But just because he hasn't said yes doesn't mean he's not with you. And also this, just because you're waiting doesn't mean you should live distracted. I think there's two ways to wait. There's two ways to wait for something. Either distracted or determined. For what I'm waiting for, I can just wait kind of haphazardly. Well, when it happens, it'll happen. When God wants to heal me, he'll, he'll heal me. When God wants to save my family, he'll do it in his time. When God wants to answer my prayer, he'll do it whenever he feels like. I'm just gonna distract myself because I don't wanna get my hopes up because I feel like I'm heart sick. That's one way to wait, but let me tell you, that is not the way of faith. That's not how God will have you wait on his promises. He wants you to wait in an attitude of determination. God, I know I've been waiting. I know, I know whatever situation this is, I haven't seen it answered yet. I haven't seen it change just yet, but I am determined to stay faithful. I'm determined to trust you. I'm determined to stay, stay focused on my relationship with you. And I want to say to you, to you today, you will see much more fruit in your life if you choose to wait the second way. If you, use, if you choose to wait distracted, if you choose to pass the time with everything that, that this world has to offer you, instead of focusing on God's promises and, and what he has for you, I promise you, I don't think you'll see the same amount of breakthrough in your life as if you choose to wait determined. God, I know you'll do it. I don't see it. I feel heartsick. I feel frustrated, but you're good. I know you're with me. There's two ways to wait, and I want to equate them to to pole fishing and spear fishing. And I have two funny videos, and I hope it's okay that I show. The first one, the guy's fishing without his shirt, so like, if you can't handle that, like, just shut your eyes. <laughs> it's fine, it's not, it's not terrible. Anyways, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, hey, what does a pole fisherman do? You, you, from the three times I've fished, you put the bait on the hook, you throw it in the water, and you wait. But what do amateur fishermen do in moments of waiting, at least for me, I'm on my phone, checking Instagram, seeing how bad the Mets lost this week. 
I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, you know, uh, I'm checking Facebook. I'm doing a ton of different things. I'm probably talking to the person in the boat. I, I, I maybe brought something with me to do. I am distracting myself until that moment comes where all of a sudden the fish bites. And what is the moment when that happens? I'm shocked, right? Why? I can't believe it because I haven't even been focusing on what I'm supposed to be expecting to happen. The thing that I'm pursuing, I'm not even ready for it and I'm completely surprised because I'm distracted. And so I want to just show you this video. It's super funny. Let me just explain to you what it was. This guy is on the dock and he's fishing and he's falling asleep and he is so, so uninterested in what he's doing. He, you'll see what happens in a second. Josh, play, play this video for us, please. I don't know how they caught this on film. I don't think it was staged, but it's pretty funny. Okay, he is so out of it. He catches a fish, he's so surprised that he falls in the water. You getting this? Yeah. Okay, he is so completely shocked. He's still shocked. Let's see. Oh, I think he actually reels it in from the water. That's kind of ironic. Redneck tarpon. Bugle mouth bass. Is that him? All right, you can turn it off. Okay. All right. So, so this guy is so shocked that he caught a fish. He's been sleeping. He's been distracted. He cannot believe what he's been pursuing has actually happened. And so there's this moment of unpreparedness and surprise. I think that's one way we can wait for God's will in our life. It's like we just throw out prayers like we're like, God, I believe you can help this and you can help that. And would you please help me with this? And I need your strength. And then we get so distracted and really don't, aren't living a life of faith that we don't believe that he's actually going to do it. That when he sends the answer our way, we're like, oh my goodness, he's listening. I, and, and there's this moment of unpreparedness. You know, sometimes I think this happens is God, we're waiting on things from God. And he's asking us to prepare in the waiting and we're just get distracted. And I think sometimes he can't open the doors that he wants to open like he wants to because we're just not ready for the door to open. Sometimes we're like, God, why don't you open this door? Why don't you open this door? And he's like, son, why don't you get ready for me to open the door? You're not ready for what's on the other side of this door. And so we can live like that. We can live so uh, distracted that we're not actually believing that God's going to going to move forward in our life. But the other type of fishing is this. It's, it's, a, it's a, probably something you've never done. I've never done it either, uh, spear fishing. And I don't know much about it, but I've seen some videos because I watch them. And uh, YouTube has quite a spear fishing plethora of videos. And what they basically do is they are sitting on the edge of a dock or a boat with a spear, which they've fashioned and they, or bought. And they're ready for whatever comes their way. And maybe there's some misses. Maybe there's some mistakes. But they are prepared, they've produced skill in order for them to be able to, I don't know how you do it, but you know, you gotta aim higher because the, the perception of the water is different, but they are ready to pursue what comes their way. And I just wanna say to you today that spearfishing is the right way to pursue God's will in your life. It's to go after it in the sense of, God, I'm ready for whatever you have for me. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know when the right moment is. I don't know when you're gonna open the door for me to witness to that person, for me to, for me to pursue that next job, for me to pursue this relationship, for me to ask for forgiveness, for me to do these things, but I don't know when it is, but I'm praying about it, and at just the right moment, I am ready. I'm ready to spearfish. I'll show you a video of this guy spearfishing. Look at the difference between this guy and the last guy. 
Watch this, Josh. Put, yeah, this guy's got his spear. Look at, look at right there, right there. Right and he's there, ready to go. You got it. You got it. He's right got there. his buddies with him. There is no surprise as to what he's just done. Yeah. Nope, you got him. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Oh, oh my God. God. I can't <laughs> oops, 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 oops. I want you to see the fish because it's actually a big one. So this, this fish is pulling this guy. He almost ends up in the water like the last guy, but he's prepared. He's ready. Okay, we're almost there. He's gonna pull it in. Okay, he's he's active, man. He's ready to go. Look, I gotta pull it out. Look at that thing. All right, come on, let's give him a hand. He's an active fisherman, yeah. All right, you can turn it off, Josh. You can, somebody's going to ask you what you did in church today. It's like, we just watch fishing videos, whatever. All right, so, um, <laughs> so you can pursue God's will in 2020 in the next season of your life in two ways. You can live completely distracted, uninterested in what he's doing, what you're praying about, or you can expectantly wait and pursue for that next door to, to open, for that next answer to come. I want to read this verse to you in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. It says, the Lord is good to those who depend. That word depend means to wait, look, hope, or expect. The Lord is good to those who wait, hope, look, and expect for him. On those who search, that word is darash, seek with care, require for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It says, the Lord is good to those. The Lord moves in the, lo the lives of those who look, wait, and search for him. See, he's not wanting you to live distracted, uninterested, a life of distrust and mistrust because you haven't seen exactly how you want him to move in the past, how, it, how, how you thought it would happen, how you thought he would work, but he's looking for those who will look, wait, hope, and expect for him to move. And let me just say to you, when you live that kind of life, when you live a spearfishing type of life, he's able to move in ways that I believe ordinarily he wouldn't be able to move. Why? Because you're expecting and you're prepared. You're ready. You're ready for it. And when God says yes in a moment, anything can change. You know your life can change in a moment. It, it, for, for his kingdom, I'm not talking in tragedy. I'm talking about God can, God can call you, use you, affect somebody. Things can happen quickly when you are expecting, when you're prepared. So are you going to distract yourself in, in the cares of life and the different things until something happens? Or are you going to wait in expectation, preparing for what God is going to do? You know, I think the catalyst for waiting expectantly is hope, isn't it? That we really believe God is for us, that God's got a plan. Because sometimes disappointment and discouragement can tell me that God's forgotten you. God's, God's not that interested in what you're going through Seems like his voice is quieter than usual. Seems like he hasn't been moving or speaking, but as long as I have hope that he's with me, I can still expect. I can still wait. Let me just remind you of a verse that you all know, Jeremiah 29, 11. Josh, I'd love for you to put up on the screen. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope.
Let me read it to you one more time. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You know, God's got plans for you. I, I just heard the Holy Spirit. I was, play, I was praying a few, uh, a week ago. And you know, I think we, we all are wondering about the plans, the next steps, the doors. And you know, I just felt like, and this is a word for, I think the, for God's people is, you know, my dreams for you are bigger than yours are for yourself. And I think that's true. You know, God has bigger things for you than you even think you're capable of. You know, I think God has bigger things for you than you even think are possible. How? It's when you begin to hope in God and wait expectantly for his promises to come true in, in faithfulness and expectation and preparedness that he'll start to open doors that you're like, what? I didn't even know God could use me to do that. I didn't even know God could do this in my life. I want to read to you just a few vo verses this morning just for the next few moments. And, and I know time's running this morning and I promise I'll make it quick, but we just came through Christmas and a season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I just felt to just share a little bit about something that people had been waiting a long time for. See, in Genesis, we have these two, this man and woman, Adam and Eve, and, and they fall away. They, they, they choose sin. And it says that all of a sudden, evil comes into the world and the relationship with God is tainted. It's different now because God can't dwell with sin and so man and God can't have the same relationship but in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 is the first time we see the Bible promise a savior Genesis 3 15 says I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed the, the, the translators of the scripture understood that 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 second seed is capital S it's talking about Jesus he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel at the very first moment of sin, isn't this comforting that as soon as people sin, God provides a way of salvation, promises a way of salvation. Why? It's because he loves you so much, he wants relationship with you so much that he couldn't wait. He was so excited about it, but there was a season where there was, a, where there was waiting. How about this? In Genesis 49, Jacob speaks to his sons. He prophesies about Jesus. He says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. You know that Jesus came from the line, the lineage of Judah, nor a lawgiver from beneath his feet. He says, Jesus would be a ruler. I love this. Until Shiloh comes. The word Shiloh means peace. You see, the people of Israel were looking for a military leader, a strong man to lead them into victory in battle. But, but the prophecy said, until peace comes that uh, until peace comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. You know, Jesus was the prince of peace. And Jesus came to bring peace between God and men. I wanna to read to you another scripture. You know this one, Isaiah seven fourteen. another prophecy of Jesus. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You know, Isaiah was a prophet 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years is a long time. I'm 31. <laughs> I don't know what percentage that is, but it's a very, right? There was 4,000 years, a little over 4,000 years from Adam to Jesus. There was a season of intense waiting. And I can imagine the Israelites get to this point where they're like, is this ever going to happen? I'm super disappointed. We've been, we've been talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah and all these people for years. Where is this Messiah? Where is this deliverer that's going to save his people from their sins? And I could see there are probably some people, probably most people who have just given up. Yeah, there's these old prophets who say this Messiah is coming. I don't know if they're crazy or if I'm crazy, but I, I'm just going to live my life and do my thing. But 
Jesus shows up to a group of people who are expecting him. And I just want to focus on two. It's real interesting this morning. I'm going to skip down to Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 25. I want to read to you about this man and this woman. They were older. They had been alive for a long time. One was named Simeon and one was named Anna. But the two, the commonality between them two was they were expecting Jesus. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon says he was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Isn't that weird? Like, like, like you've been waiting not your whole life. The Israelites have been waiting for hundreds and thousands of years, but you're eagerly waiting? Kind of sounds like he doesn't have the pole out. He's got the spear, and he's like on the edge of the dock, and he's, and he's looking. Like he's waiting, he's looking for Jesus, he's looking for the Messiah. And everybody else has got their poles in the water because they're like, man, I'm disappointed. Like I don't even know what all this is about. I don't know if God's gonna come and help us. But, but it says this thing that sets Simeon apart, he's righteous and he's devout and he is eagerly waiting for Jesus. He's looking. And I love this, it says the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit had given him this promise. He had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27 really spoke to me these past couple weeks. That day, how many of you know in your life there's going to be a that day? The thing you've been waiting for, the thing you've been hoping for, the thing you've been praying for. I believe in your life there's going to be a that day. There's going to be a, I can look back and say, God did it that day. It happened quick. It happened soon. God answered my prayer. That day was the day that God met me. That day was the day that God healed this person. That day was the day that relationship was restored. That day I was forgiven. It's a that day kind of day. I've been praying for that day kind of days that you can look back and say, man, that was the day. It says that day. The Spirit led him into the temple. You know, I am fully convinced of this, that God will lead you to the door if you seek him, if you're righteous, if you're living for him. It says if you're devout and if you're eagerly waiting. I believe that he'll walk you to the door. It says that the Holy Spirit walked Simeon to the temple that day. He didn't have to go up and and, and go out and and pray about it a ton. He He was living righteously. He was expecting, and the Holy Spirit was with him, and it said he walked him to the temple. You know, God is good enough to open the next door on that day. God is good enough to restore whatever needs to be restored or provide whatever needs to be provided on that day. And so it says the Spirit was with him, and he walked him into the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. You know, I believe whatever God has you waiting for, on that day, you're going to be there. You're not going to miss it if you're watching, if you're waiting. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all the people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people Israel. Israel. Simeon was spear fishing. He was ready to go. He was devout and he was eagerly waiting what God was gonna do. Let me read to you just a few more verses. Anna, verse 36, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She had one better. She didn't even have the Holy Spirit uh, walk her there. The other verses say that she pretty much lived there. She was one of those church ladies, you know, who's just always at church, always at prayer. She was just there all the time, right? So the Holy Spirit didn't even need to walk her there. She was just there already, right? So so she uh, was there at the temple. 
And it says she was a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. And she never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. You see, there was a group of people who were distracted, but there was a group of people who God showed up to who were eagerly waiting, expecting, and were ready. And I just think if we refocus our attention this year in 2020 from the disappointments from the past where things haven't worked out well like we hope, we feel like God hasn't answered prayer. You know what? Maybe it's just a season of waiting. It's, you're just not denial. It's a delay and God's going to work in it. You just need to keep expecting, keep hoping, keep focused. Don't get distracted. I just have a few last things this morning. Kyle, if you come up and play and... And I just feel like there's three things, hey, you can say, how do I, how do I live a, a spearfishing kind of life? How instead of like grabbing the pole and getting bored and distracted with God's will and God's plan, how do I stay focused? How do I stay attentive, eagerly waiting for what God's going to do? And I just have three points that I want to share with you as we end here this morning. And the first one is this, it's, it's get a vision. You know, nothing ever happens in your life with you first starting out with a vision. I'm not talking about like you fall asleep and God gives you a dream. I'm talking about like God revealing to you, hey, what, what, what do I want my marriage to look like? How do I want my finances to honor you? How can I honor you with these areas of my life? What can I do to take next steps towards pursuing you in my life? And so you need to get a vision today. Let me just say this to you, Habakkuk. chapter 2 verses 2 through 3 says then the Lord said to me write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others verse 3 this vision that word vision doesn't mean like a dream it means the, the, the word means divine communication the vision is for a future time it describes the end and it will be and it will be fulfilled I just want to say to you what you've been praying for I believe it will be fulfilled I believe it will be fulfilled today. Can you say amen? Can you thank God that he's going to fulfill it in your life? The things you've been hoping for, the things you've been praying for, what you've been asking for, it will be fulfilled. Maybe it's just the season of delay, but you won't be denied. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It won't be delayed. And so today, get a vision. Maybe ask the Holy Spirit, God, in each part of my life, what is next? And maybe you want to say to him, God, I need you to speak to me. And I want to just say to you, like scripture says, maybe you want to write it down. This is why I I find this helpful. Like when I'm praying, I'll sometimes get my phone out and open up my notes and and just write down, you know, what God's saying. So I don't forget. Guys, we we forget so easily. Begin to write down the vision God's given you. Hey, 2020, I feel like God wants to produce finances that will bless me and I can turn around and bless the people around me. I believe that God's going to strengthen my marriage where we've had 
rough spots in the past, uh, I believe it's going to be, we're going to be more unified than ever before. I believe that my children, they've been straying, they've been distracted. I believe that they're going to focus and God's going to touch them this year. I believe in 2020, if you get specific with asking God for a vision, write it down and pursue it, spearfish it. I believe you'll see it begin to happen and it won't be delayed. You won't be denied. Number two. So the first one is get a vision. Two is this, and we just have three, so we're almost done. Live prepared. Just live ready. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Come on, we got to get ready, church. Man, we live, and, and we all do it, man, we live so distracted at times, and we think about God a few times a week, but we got to focus. We got to focus on his will, his plan, what he's doing in us, what he wants to use you to do on this earth. I know, I know life is busy, and I know life takes turns, and, and there's stress, and there's kids, and there's all this stuff, but God wants you to begin to focus in a new way this year. Look at him. Look at him. Begin to focus on him. Live ready. Live prepared. Could we extend our waiting time for what God has for us because we haven't prepared? Maybe we've been negligent, distracted, inattentive, unprepared. But I believe this year if we start to focus, if we start to fear, spearfish, not fear, not fearfish, you don't do that, spearfish, that God will begin to produce what you're looking for, what God, what he's promised. Last one is this, keep hope alive. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that there's no hope. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you've done too much wrong, you failed too much in this area for God to answer. It's a lie. I'm going to read to you three more verses. I just want to encourage you today that God cares about what you're going through. Hebrews 4.15 says this. For we, this is talking about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. You know, Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus was tempted every, with everything that you've been tempted with. He's gone through everything that you've gone through. He'll, he, he can understand what you have been through because he has been through it. And it says that he doesn't reject you. You think that Jesus, who had been through it successfully and us sometimes so unsuccessfully would look at us and say, what are they doing? But he says he sympathizes. He knows. And it says he cares. Two more verses. Keep hope alive. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know. I love that Paul is so convinced and so sure of this truth. that says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I just believe like Simeon today that if you love God, that if you're righteous, even no matter what your past says, no matter your age, no matter your social status, if you love God, if you're walking in his spirit, he'll lead you to the door just like he led Simeon to the temple that day. And he was there. He was prepared. He was looking. He was expecting. And he was present. And God led him by his spirit. One more verse. John 10, verse 27 through 28. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. <laughs> You're in his hand today. And nobody could take you out of that place. The only person who can do that is you choose to step out. Nobody can take you out of the favor of God. He loves you. He's created you. He's given everything so you could know him, so you could talk to him. That's all he wants. It's just a relationship. 
just for the distractions to go and for you to focus on who he is. And so at the end of the service today, I just like us to say, you know what, God, I, I've lived with a fishing pole in my hand for a long time in the boat of life. And I've just been real distracted with like prayers that you've asked me to pray and things that I've thought that you wanted me to go after and do, but I just got discouraged. I got disappointed. I lost hope. I lost focus. I'm unpre- I was unprepared. I, 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 um, I didn't have a vision, a real vision, a plan. And maybe you just want to say, you know what? I'm trading the, the fishing pole for a spear. I think this is cool that a fishing pole and a spear can be made of the same thing. It's both wood. It's fashioned differently. One's got a point. The other has a whatever that thing, the ring on the end. I don't even know what that is. It's the same material, but it's used completely differently. You know, I believe God wants to turn your fishing pole today into a spear for you to say, you know what? I've lived distracted, I've lived unexpected, but now I'm getting ready, preparing for what God has for me. I don't know what it is exactly. I'm gonna get a vision for it. He's gonna show me. He's gonna lead me by his spirit. I'm gonna expect and wait, wait eagerly. So let me just pray with us this morning. If you feel like you wanna trade in the, the, the pole for the spear this year, I'd just like, would you, like you to raise your hand right now and I wanna pray for all of us. I'm gonna raise my hand to this place today. God, I just thank you today, God, as... I believe just you spoke to us through your word that you'd have us live a life of expectation and of pursuit of you. God, I pray that we leave distractions behind. I pray that, I pray that because of disappointment and discouragement that we've lost our hope in praying for certain areas, certain things that, that you want to see done in our life. God, we take up the pole today and we turn it into a spear and we just say, God, we're, we're going after the stuff in our lives today that we want to see you do. We're going after that family member in prayer. We're going after that sick person in prayer. We're going after that person who doesn't know you in prayer and we won't stop. We won't stop expecting until we see you move because delay doesn't mean denial so we won't be distracted so god we love you today we thank you so much for all that you've done for us we thank you for your goodness your kindness and your mercy and we just pray this year god you give us grace to focus on what you have for us to pursue and i know just like simeon you will walk us to the next open door that you have for us so lord we trust you today we believe that you're good and that you're faithful in jesus name amen